0: On this third Sunday of Advent, we continue the journey to Christmas as the light, as we light the candle of peace. For a moment in this quiet, we may feel peace, but how can we keep this peace when we leave the quiet for the chaos? We live in a culture that is all about more. We need more time, more money, more stuff, more recognition, which leads to more anxiety, more depression, and more dissatisfaction with our lives as they are. As we light the candle this morning, we want to focus your attention for a moment on the Prince of Peace. He is where we will find a better more. More hope, more love, and yes, more peace. It is only in His presence and through His power that we can experience this peace that passes all understanding. Through His birth, we see prophecies of a coming Messiah fulfilled, and we have peace that He is a God who has a plan and He keeps His promises. Through His death, we see a perfect love and peace restored. For those who believe, repent, humble themselves before Christ, sins are covered by His blood, and relationship is again made possible with the Heavenly Father. Through his resurrection, we receive peace, knowing that this life is not all that there is. We look forward to peace in the presence of Christ for all eternity. Nothing, not even death, can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. In this chaos of our lives, the peace we long for can only be found in his presence be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus so come into the presence of the prince of peace read his words with confidence pray for peace thank him hourly with a grateful heart and with expectantly for the peace he promises
1: have your bibles you can go ahead and turn to philippians chapter 4 thank you philippians chapter for the last several uh, weeks, we have been looking at Advent as we make our way through it. And we've looked at a couple of different uh, topics. Uh, we've looked at hope and love. And now, as we've already been told this morning, we're going to look at the idea of peace. And for many, and many during this Christmas season, it is hard to find peace. Uh, Due to what's going on in your life right now or something that's happened in the past year or just something that's happened in general in your life It is difficult to deal with Christmas and this idea of having peace But I think we would all agree that every single person here would like to have peace of mind Um, We we long for that Uh, We want to be able to rest not worry and be burdened down with stuff that rob us of our life and I would even go as far as say purpose it's oftentimes easy uh, to point those out who are struggling who lack peace it's not that difficult and I don't uh, and I don't misunderstand me in a setting like this it's easy to put on a show and we all do and we act like we've got it all together and got it figured out and so we're we're a walking production play if you will when we come to church but once we get outside the doors, particularly those that we live with know the truth. And they know when we lack peace because normally they are the ones that we lash out at. So, what do we do? How in the world uh, do we find this peace? And I, I mean, I'm talking about real Peace. How do we find peace, particularly this time of the year around Christmas? Where do we start? Well, I would say the best place to start would be with God and in his word. So as we look here at Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to read just the first four words here. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse uh, 6. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. The first thing that I want you to see here is that God wants you to have true peace by having you not worry about anything. After all, if you've been in church long, you know worry is a sin. When we worry, what we are saying is, God, I don't trust you. I don't think you can handle this situation that I'm dealing with right now. So therefore, I'm going to help. And yet in verse 6, it says, be anxious for nothing. That means don't worry. The word anxious in the Greek there means to be troubled with cares. So that's something we are not supposed to do. I don't believe that Paul would have given us this command if it were not possible to live it out and do it. But in order to do it, we must first obey we got to be willing to take him at his word and his promises and obey and do what it is he's called us to do. If you remember Mark chapter 3 and verse 5, you have a man who had had a withered hand since birth. And Jesus approached the man and said, stretch forth your hand. This was obviously something that this man would have done if he could have of his own accord, but he couldn't. Okay? He couldn't stretch forth his hand. If he could have, he would. And yet he obeyed, he did what God had called him to do, what Jesus had said. He stretched forth his hand and he was able to use it for the first time in his life. And so it is with worry. We must be willing to take God and his word and what it says and obey. One of the things that we have that they didn't is that we have the Holy Spirit of God if we are followers of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit of God living and dwelling within us empowering us to live by faith, even though we don't know what the end result looks like or how it's going to turn out. We can still live by faith knowing if we trust him, he has a purpose, he has a plan, and it is always best. And so it is possible to live without worry, but we must obey. You don't have to turn there this morning, but we're going to start off, before we dig into these verses in Philippians, we're going to look at another place where God talks a lot about, Jesus talked a lot about worry. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, you have this situation, he's sitting down with his disciples, and he tells them in verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry about life. And by that, what he was talking about is... The the necessities of life. Don't worry about what you eat or what you drink or or what you're going to wear. And he says in verse 27, ultimately what the verse says is, I mean, after all, what do you accomplish by worrying about it? I mean, really, does it fix the problem? In, in, our, in this room this morning, as I look throughout this building, I mean, the more you think about your job situation or your health or that loved one that you're concerned about, does it fix the problem? If you purpose in your heart that for the next 24 hours, I'm going to do nothing but worry and think about this situation, will it fix the problem? That's what Jesus was saying in that verse. And so he, he goes on to verse 31 and says, so don't worry. I mean, after all, the pagans, the lost people, they worry about these things, and they should. They have no hope. They should worry. They should be concerned. But your heavenly Father knows your needs. Even before you know about them. He he knows your needs. And so in verse 33 and 34 there, and I'm going to keep coming back to this because this is really where I want to start the message. Jesus says so seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and I'll provide all these other things I'll provide these things as long as I have you on this earth but you must first and foremost seek first the kingdom of God the kingdom of God kingdom mindset set ye first the kingdom of God seek his righteousness righteousness and then he goes on in verse 34 and says therefore when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness today and know that I'm going to provide for your needs don't get so so caught up in tomorrow tomorrow will be here it'll come I mean unless something happens to you between now it's coming you'll have to deal with those troubles then you live for now Right now, 30, 11 o'clock, Sunday morning, right now is what Jesus was saying. You've got right now to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. James said in James chapter 4, he listened to these Jewish believers make all of their plans for the next year. James said, how do you know? Life's a vapor. It's here. It's gone. You have no clue what's going to happen in the next year. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You've got today and you got now. Problem is in our society in which we've been brought up in we've been thought we have been taught our entire life to think long term and I'm telling you to 90% of the world they don't even understand that concept long term. They live for the day and that's all they've got. I tell you when I really realized this was a problem and I want you to understand something I think we have to use common sense and, Solomon talks a lot about that, and I I get that. We have to use common sense, and we've got to have some balance, but When this really hit me, I think for the first time is working with college students And you can't fathom over the last nearly 11 years of working with college students How often I've had kids particularly men guys 20 21 years of age sit down at lunch or something with me 20 years old Worried, sick about how they're going to make it when they're 70. Like, how am I going to make it? I don't know. Seventy years old. Jesus says, you got this morning. Here you are. Right now. Right now. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right now. Right now. Peter would say in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him for he cares for you right now. John chapter 14 verse 1, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled right now. God doesn't want us to worry because when we worry, we're saying, I don't trust you. I don't trust your promises. I don't think you can handle this situation that I'm in. And he can. So what do we do? Okay, we we set out on this quest. God, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. I'm going to seek your righteousness. I know you're going to provide for me. But I've got some things that are going on in my life right now. I've got problems. So how do I obey Tell me, what what do I do? You keep reading verse 6 in Philippians chapter 4. Matter of fact, I'm going to read the whole verse. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. The second thing here is that God wants you to have true peace by praying about everything. But in everything, by prayer, so here's the way you do it, is by prayer, you make your petition, your request made known to God with thanksgiving. And I'm going to talk about that more in just one second here. But I always, you may get sick of hearing me say this, but I always feel like when we talk about prayer, we got to. Clarify something because of the culture we've been brought up in Okay Even in prayer, it's all about God and it's not about us It's about his kingdom first Wanting his righteousness wanting his will to be done in our lives Again James says in James chapter 4 says you have not Because you ask not there are things Within the kingdom of God, you and I could obtain and have and we'll never get them because we never ask. But then he goes on there even more importantly and says, And then there's things you ask for you don't receive because you ask with selfish motive. You're thinking outside the kingdom of God, thinking about yourself in the situation. It's not the way that it works. He says, pray about Every That means God is interested in everything in your life. Whatever it may be. I mean, from the smallest to the biggest, where you move, where you work, who you marry, God is interested. Even in your hobbies and your leisure time. One of the most difficult things for me to pray about are my kids and their sports careers at 10 and 14 years of age. You know, when when I try to pray about maybe decisions and things that come up, when I look at the world as a whole, people that are starving to death, when I think about Christians right now as we speak that are being put to death or thrown in prison because of their faith it's really hard for me to pray about my kids sports careers but he says everything everything we we talk to God about everything because the peace of God it comes in the form of a guard your mind as you're praying it, strengthens you. You receive wisdom as you pray. He says pray about everything. And may we never take that for granted. Man, you know, because of the cross, that's what Christmas is all about. You know, Jesus came to die on a cross. Because of the cross, you and I, we have access to the throne of God. And that's what he's talking about here, thanksgiving. We come to God with with thanksgiving here. It's because of the God, because of the cross, the cross proves his faithfulness. It proves that he, he did what he said that he would do. Therefore, we no longer have to come to a place like this to go before a priest for that priest to then therefore go before God on our behalf. Jesus Christ is our great high priest that's gone before us and Because of this, we can go before him whenever and wherever we want about anything. Work, church, Walmart, the ball field. We have the ability to talk to God about anything we want to talk to him about. In the presence of God, there is peace. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, Paul says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. I believe that God allows us to go through things. God steps in at times in our lives in miraculous ways. You know, so that as the years go by, we can always look back on these different events. And my wife and I have had plenty over the last 20 years. And one that always comes to mind, several years ago, I had a church that approached me about a full-time position. And it wasn't necessarily something that I wanted, but I wanted to be full-time back then so much. I just said yes. Yes. I'll take it. Well, as time went by, this church pretty much assured me, hey, you've got the job. We've got to vote on it. We, you've got the job. So I started making preparation. I went ahead and sold my, my little business I had back then, my lawn business. Sold everything, got rid of it. About five or six days before the church was going to vote on me, I came to the conclusion that's not where God wanted me to be. So one night, I laid down, some a Monday night or a Tuesday night. They were going to vote the next Sunday. and I laid down that night, and I'm telling you, my wife will tell you, when I close my eyes, it's over. I don't care what's going on in the world. I go to sleep, period. I may not sleep for long. I get up 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning all the time, but I go to sleep. On this particular night, I tossed and turned and I wound up getting up, and I'm telling you, I paced the house. I'm worried sick. I've got a wife and two kids, no income. What am I going to do? I mean, I'm walking the house. Three, four o'clock in the morning, I notice on the clock on the oven, my gosh, and I go in, I wake Ann up and say, we got to pray now. I'm about to lose my mind. And we prayed. She prayed out loud. I'm praying to myself. And I literally, I prayed, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. And there was this peace that came over me. And almost this this response from God. God saying, good thing is I I do. I do. I got this figured out. And I rolled over, and I'm telling you, within a minute, I'm asleep. Never lost another minute of sleep over that to this day. It's so funny now, looking back at that situation, seeing how God provided. You know, it's funny now, looking at those things. You know, when somebody says, I'm never going to do that, you know what that means? They're going to do it. And uh, Tim and I were joking about this the other day. When you hear parents, particularly uh, people with children, or they're, they're pregnant with a child and they're, they're young, and they, they always say, I'll never do that with my child. And what that means is, I'm going to do it that way with my child. Right. Clip Suddeth, who used to be the, the youth minister here, he and I, we used to meet all the time at WIMP's here early in the morning, once a week, accountability partners, and we have just talked and pray about different things. And one of the things that I bet we said 50 times over the years in WIMP's, I'll never be a missionary because I'm never going to raise support and ask people for money. Well, Clips in Panama and here I stand working with college students and it was it was so funny because that night it was like okay, I have sold my little business over here I'm turning this job down and God said here we go you, you don't have any more choices are you gonna eat here we go this is the path that that you're gonna take in the presence of God there's peace. So as Christians, we should be about practicing being in the presence of God. And that means prayer. Because when, when we pray, we're transformed. We're going to see that in just a second, man. We're, we're transformed. By prayer, but we're also, when we're in prayer, we're seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and and His will. We also meditate on things that are good, things that are holy. Look, if you will, verses 7 and 8. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, uh, of good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate, think about, meditate on these things. The, The third thing here is that God wants you to have true peace by meditating, thinking about what is holy. You will find peace. You will find peace of mind. It all is wrapped up right here in what you think about, how you think, and how you view life. You can find peace that passes all human understanding that the person standing an arm length away from you has, doesn't have, can't even see it, can't understand it, yet you can have it in the middle of turmoil and it all boils down to how you think, how you perceive and view life either from a biblical standpoint or from a world standpoint, you can have peace. Paul says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 6, The mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The, The mind of a sinful man is death. It's going nowhere. It's hopeless. In the middle of turmoil, has nowhere to turn, nowhere to go. That person should be concerned and worried. But the mind controlled by the Holy Spirit of God is filled with life and peace. And it all comes down to how you view life, how you think about life, how you read and study the scriptures. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Paul said, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, by Changing our thought process and how we view things, we find peace. The great battlefield as a Christian in life happens right here between your ears, all day long. It's right here. We either, as the day goes by, we either live in a state of worship where we are making choices and decisions that please God, or we dishonor Him all day long. It's a battlefield. Paul said we're not fighting against flesh and blood. Those people that are against you are trying to harm you. They're not the problem. They're just a tool. The problem, we fight against the principalities, those things in heavenly realms, which is talking about the spiritual realm. That's what we're fighting about. In this room this morning, there are those here that Satan is fighting for control of your brain and the way you think. And it all comes down to your mind and your mindset. You can have peace, but it comes as you study this word, the word of God, and you learn and you do what it says to do. And so, well, what do you think about? Well, we just read it there in verse 8. He said, whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good repute, excellent, worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. The truth, the word of God, let your mind dwell and be saturated with these things and you can have peace. When you read and you see God keep his promises, you can have peace. Psalms 119, I will meditate on your precepts. The word of God transforms, it renews our minds. We find peace by changing our thought process. And then in verse 9, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, Paul says the, the example that I've given you, these do and the God of peace will be with you. It's the fourth thing here that Paul tells us is God wants you to have true peace by putting into practice what you see and what you've learned. That's the way you find and have peace. So you think back, all right. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't worry about tomorrow. It'll be here soon enough and you'll have to to deal with it then. Don't get caught up in that. He wants you to trust him for everything believe him at his word trust him. That doesn't mean as Christians. We sit back and do nothing It's not what that means when, when I was in China meeting with some of these uh, College students that would talk to me when you start talking to them They are really just fascinated with the idea of God because they've been taught their whole life that government's God government provides We're not called to sit back and do nothing. We're called to do what we know to do. We do it to the best of our ability. We pray about all of it, and those things we can't control, we're giving to God. I'm giving it to you. I'm doing my part, giving the rest of it to you, God. And then at that point it says, now be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. Meditate on what is holy. You can find peace that passes all human understanding by learning to think about what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything is as excellent as worthy of praise, think about those things. Meditate on those things. He says in verse 9, These things are written so that you will know the God of peace fascinating to think who his crowd is he's riding to here because they're they're suffering they're being persecuted for their faith and he's saying even in the middle of persecution you can have peace of mind and it all has to do with what you think about what you ponder what you meditate on day in and day out it can give you peace even in the middle of turmoil So will we trust him, not worry, pray about everything, meditate on his word? At Christmas, I oftentimes think of one of the words that's used to describe Jesus, the Prince of Peace. can't imagine in a room with this many people what all you've been through this year, what we've all been through, things we've had to deal with But there is peace. Born in a manger 2,000 years ago, 30 years later, died on a cross so that we could have forgiveness of sin. We could be forgiven and have hope.